Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Inside Texas beat reporter Joe Cook. Joy, uh, Joe, thanks for uh, joining us today. Uh, a lot of uh, happenings over the weekend for the Longhorns. Uh, we had the men's and women's basketball team uh, going at it, a women's swim team. We had baseball with a three-game set at home. Uh, lots to talk about and catch up on. Plus, we have, uh, we have uh, the start of spring practice on Tuesday, uh, and you're going to get a chance to be there, I believe, uh, with the other media availabilities. Uh, and want to get going with the basketball team. They lose last night, uh, 81-71 uh, to Purdue. The game was a little closer than the final score indicated. It was definitely in doubt. I think it was a three-point lead for Purdue with less than three minutes remaining. What was your – I wrote something on the board today at Inside Texas. What was your final takeaway on this team after watching them play Chris, Bur Chris Beard's inaugural season? Final takeaway for the season, uh, well, they could have used another big man. Uh, but, you know, that at this point in the year, your team is what your team is. So can't complain too much about that. Um, Chris Beard put lofty expectations on this season. He talks about Texas being a Monday night program, and he talked about Texas being a Monday night program this year. Um, and while I still think that there are a lot of great things done this season, uh, including, you know, energizing the fan base, getting people excited to go to the Irwin Center, uh, excited for the move to the Moody Center, just excited for just being a great marketer because uh, for his ups and downs as a basketball coach, and we've seen a lot of those recently, Shaka Smart was a terrible marketer as well. He just thought he could put coach ball and everything else would fall into place. Chris Beard understood that in, in addition to coaching ball, he's got a market and he did a great job of that this year to build some excitement. Uh, but they fell short of their, their Monday night aspirations. Uh, I'm, while I still think that is a, a good example of not reaching one of your stated goals, doesn't mean the season was a failure or, or a bad season or anything like that. Um, it was a good year. I think it was validated mostly just by that one win over Virginia Tech. Like that's a win that basically everybody in the, the Texas basketball circle they 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 wanted that relief of just having one win and they got it and anything else was gravy would have been nice to be in the sweet 16 uh but purdue uh is a very talented team there's a reason they were near the top of the big 10 um and now they've got a great path to maybe reaching a final four uh considering they have to beat a 15 and then either i think of a, a four or a, th or a three yeah or a four or two or i don't know something like that but you know, tough matchup. Uh, the the whistles, though one-sided, I didn't see anything super egregious. I think it was just a result of the matchup advantages Purdue had, and Texas couldn't really do anything with it. Timmy Allen was a non-factor, and credit to Purdue for that. Jaden Ivey was a non-factor until the very end, and that's kind of when the whole dam burst, and um, Texas went on a drought again, and Texas was cost by that drought again. So a lot of uh, things, you know, that were 
common throughout the season all just kind of happened in the span of 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was a microcosm, right? That, what you're saying. And I, I agree with that. What was also a microcosm, in my opinion, is how hard they fought. And that's what I, kind of one of the things I wrote this morning. Um, did they get blown out once this year? Like just totally blown out? Uh, Gonzaga was pretty rough. It ended up being like a 12-point game, but they had no response to, to Drew Timmy. Um, just trying to think through. Baylor, Baylor and Waco was pretty, pretty one-sided. Yeah. So um, my, my point in this is that I didn't remember like feeling like I didn't see a great effort by the team, win or lose. Um, there were times when they didn't play well. But, you know, I, I felt like, uh, especially as the season got along, they, they, they fought hard in some games. Like, T, I mean, TCU is a good example. And TCU ends up... Uh, taking Arizona the, to the to the last second, probably should have won that game, if not for a foul. Uh, they they did some nice things this year. And I feel like, uh, you know, you're looking at it. They've beaten two teams, I think, or three teams that are still in the tournament at this point. So I, I look at what Texas did this year, and it's pretty good. You're right. They beat the ACC tournament champ in, in Virginia Tech, uh, which was a, you know, the people that I talked to, and I'm sure you, you talked to some similar folks, they wanted that one win just to prove they could win in the tournament, which is what they hadn't done in, in such a long period of time. Um, briefly, uh, they finished 22 and 13 on the season. Um, who are the for sure guys that are coming back next year at this point? And who are the guys that could but might not? I'll, I'll flip that around. There are only two guys that we know for sure aren't going to be back who are honored at senior day, just completely out of eligibility. That's Jace Feveris and Tristan Lacone. Um, everybody else, I believe, has the COVID year available. Trey Mitchell's not coming back. Uh, he's probably, um, I think he's he's already done his transfer, so I think his next stage is playing basketball professionally in what capacity, I don't know, but not at Texas. Um, everybody else could come back. That includes Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, all those guys who are classified as seniors. I think only Dylan DeSue is classified as a junior maybe and then uh, uh Devin Askew is is coming back he said as much um, when I spoke with him on Monday at availability so um basically that whole roster is, is a little bit up in the air um I don't think all those guys will come back uh I think you know we going back and forth with guys like Tim Preston and Jerry Hamilton he even wrote this out a few weeks back I think if they had a good chance of anybody returning, it'd be Timmy Allen. Um, I'm not sure if any of the guards uh, are, are looking that direction. Uh, I feel pretty confidently that, you know, Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones are, are probably not going to be heading back. And, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's any just, you know, disdain or anything like that. Six years, five years, it's a long time to spend in one place. Um, and, these guys, you know, the professional basketball opportunities exist outside of the NBA and the G League. You can go to Spain, you can go to Turkey, you can go to Australia and make good money playing hoops. You can go to Japan. Uh, a few Longhorns that have done that too. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a few of those guys who have that COVID year um, elect to maybe go on professionally because they've already used their free transfer. Uh, they can't do that again. And, uh, you know, they, it's just time for them to start their professional career. For those interested, Jerry Hamilton is going to have a deeper look at that question 
today uh, at some point on the on InsideTexas.com. For those uh, interested, please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. We are carrying a very uh, big special right now. One dollar for four months of Inside Texas Scoop. Uh, that'll include spring practice uh, and take you all the way up through the summer and into to fall practice as well. Uh, just one dollar for four months at InsideTexas.com. Uh, speaking with Joe Cook, InsideTexas.com beat reporter. Uh, we mentioned the, the men's basketball team and how they finished out, Joe. Uh, what about uh, what about uh, uh, the uh, women's basketball team? So they're twenty-eight yeah. and six. They they've got they won thirteen in a row. Uh, they're in the Sweet Sixteen. They're awaiting the winner of of LSU Ohio State uh, sometime today. Uh, Rory Harmon's on a tear. Aaliyah Moore seems like she's getting her uh, freshman stride right now. Um, what's the talk on in on campus uh, about the the Lady Longhorns? Yeah, you're just seeing last year was kind of a team that Vic Schaefer, I think, threw, to, threw together as best he could um, and managed to get them to the Elite Eight. This year, you're starting to get some players that he brought in, he targeted, um, and that he has working within their system. And now, he, you know, he's, he's on the precipice of being there. And, and this is a team that it looks last year, they were kind of like lucky to make the Elite Eight or kind of scrapped their way, weren't thought to be a major contender for that. This year, they've got some high aspirations. Like, they were a top-10 team for most of the year, including the later portions of the season. I think Rory Harmon uh, was an honor, honorable mention All-American uh, as, a, as a true freshman. Uh, so, uh, things are looking bright. Uh, I think, like you said, it's, it's LSU and Ohio State. That's the matchup they're waiting on. Um, and it'll be up in Spokane. Uh, but there's, there's good reason to be excited about this program. I think they have – uh, some of the top recruits in the country coming in, including one from, I think, South Dakota, which not typically uh, Texas's recruiting ground, but they got to got to go from up there this this cycle. Um, and you're you're going to have Rory Harmon next year. You're, you're going to have a couple of other freshmen uh, next year. And then you're just going to have also that that ingrained culture that'll be in year three. So yeah. a lot of excitement. Uh, this is a team I, I feel like the, that uh, that, you know, Texas hasn't been to a final four in, in women's basketball since 2003. And uh, they haven't, you know, these sweet 16s aren't super easy to, to manage. And, you know, in Texas, that's why Vic Schaefer's here to, to compete with Taylor, uh, who's been the class of the sport, then Tennessee and in Connecticut for most of this, uh, most of this century to compete with Baylor and to, you know, compete for national championships and, uh, mission accomplished, sort of, on, on number one with the Big 12 tournament title, but now they're aiming for NCAA tournament success. Well, I think I think people within that sport are looking forward to the potential of a Kim Mulkey-Vic Schaefer rematch since she took the LSU job from Baylor. Uh, I don't think they're best friends. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I wonder who is good friends with, with Kim Mulkey in, in yeah. coaching because she she's not afraid to – burn any bridge she ever crosses it seems like yeah um uh real quick uh longhorns men's baseball team before we go to, to spring practice which starts tomorrow in football longhorn baseball team hosted incarnate word incarnate word clearly outmatched this weekend uh texas runs its record to 17 and 5 on the season uh they beat incarnate word in the three game set 41 runs to four uh i know you you got a chance to see some of that 
Texas goes to Texas Tech this weekend uh, for start of Big 12 play. Joe, you've you've seen them play all year. Are they ready for Big 12 play? Are they ready for Texas Tech? I think this this week was something they needed to do in order to flush – the struggles they had recently. Now, Texas, Texas, or Texas State was a good team. They threw their top line guys, uh, not super off schedule, but you know those are games that you can win. Uh, and they skated by with one and did not skate by with the other. You go to South Carolina in the wake of losing Tanner Witt, um, which was a, a big time shock to the program. They thought he was fine structurally before they found out that he wasn't. Uh, and you go to South Carolina, you're, you're, you're shell-shocked a little bit. You lost him. You lost Todd. You're, you're also trying to figure out who to pitch on Sunday. And in the course of all that, you, you get smacked around by the Gamecocks. And then you get smacked around by College of Charleston, who topped you. So uh, recover pretty well to, to beat the Citadel. Um, and then come back and, you know, just give yourself a little bit of momentum entering conference play. Go on a, you know, have a four, what was it, four-in-one week. No matter who the opponent is, those are always good things to have. Uh, you also solidify Sunday a little bit with Lucas Gordon. Uh, he, he had a seven-inning, uh, four-hit uh, performance, no walks, against UIW. Um, and I think a, a big factor as to why he's going to be the guy is because there aren't very many other pitchers on this staff who are in that you know, 70, 80, 90 pitch range right now. Some of the names thrown around. Um, either have not been effective as starters or just haven't been starters. So uh, going into Lubbock, it's going to be interesting because that's a, a ballpark where the ball flies out. Um, Tech gets good hitter, hitters. They recruit from all over the state, but they get a lot of players from DFW and along I-20 uh, to, to come out there because they know that their numbers are going to look great. So there's some inflation to their numbers, but they, uh, they can hit the ball. They're not great pitching this year. Um, I think they'll, they're okay fielding, but they're not, you know, so they don't, they don't have, it's not one of these tech teams of the past however many years that seems like almost a shoe in to get to Omaha. Like this is a, this is a tech team that's on, I don't want to say a downturn, but it's not one of their super elite teams. So, uh, and going into tech and getting a little bit of revenge for a, a series loss last year in, in Austin would be a good way to, to start off conference play. Well, thankfully, some bad weather is supposed to move through the area and, and should be sunshine uh, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday and Saturday, highs of 77 with clear skies. Sunday, high of 88 in Lubbock. Yeah, it's going to be rough at that field. That yeah. is, that, that, I've, I've been there in May, and it was hot. And so there, I can't even there, imagine just March. <laughs> there, there is no shade in West Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't, the, the mesquite trees don't grow that tall. Right. No, um, not at all. All right. Let's go on to uh, spring practice. You're going to be there, I think, tomorrow. We think that uh, they haven't they, they haven't uh, officially announced it yet. Uh, the Texas media t- team hasn't as of uh, this interview that you and I are conducting. Uh, but Texas expected to make Steve Sarkeesian uh, available tomorrow uh, prior to or post uh, that initial first practice. Uh, what are you most looking forward to uh, from Steve Sarkeesian in, in his first Full, I don't want to say first full. I guess it's his second uh, spring practice at, at Texas. Uh, I'm, I mean, obviously, quarterback uh, Quinn Ewers transferring in is, is going to be the big story. Uh, but I still want to see where he views you know Hudson Card in this process. Hudson Card's probably going to be the first guy out there on the field uh, on, on 
Tuesday, just as a result of being here, having been in the system, you know, not a newcomer. So I'm, I'm curious about quarterback just to see, you know, what Quinn Ewers looks like, feedback from, from players on him. Uh, and even, you know, if he's, if he's finally fully healed up from his state championship injury, uh, Malik Murphy, just to, you know, I, I was able to watch him in some seven on seven settings. He's great. And I'm kind of curious what he'll look like now with a, I mean, Texas isn't perfect by any stretch, but it's going to be a better situation for him than I think he had at, at, at Sarah out in California, where he was making some of these off schedule throws, but a lot of them were off schedule. Um, important. Another thing I'm really tracking is, is receiver. Uh, basically we all know what, what Xavier worthy brings to the table. Um, one of the best freshman receivers in the country, one of the best receivers in the country last year, but he didn't have a ton of help. Uh, Josh Moore went from having a good, season to just losing his uh, everything at the Baylor game and deciding, you know, Texas wasn't where he wanted to be. Uh, Marcus Washington had an up and down rest of the year, but he wasn't somebody that, you know, teams felt they really had to pay attention to. Um, and so with, with Steve Sarkeesian's reliance on, on 12 personnel, A, I wonder if that continues. B, I wonder where Whittington and Nayor and all those guys fit in, even Marcus Washington heading into this year to try and help out uh, Xavier Worthy. So um, definitely watching that uh, along the offensive line. It'd be nice if some of these guys had, had enrolled early, but only Cole Hudson did that. So I don't know if there's much to watch there. Uh, they're limited in numbers there. And that always seems to happen every spring, um, you know, especially when you graduate quite a few like they did this past year, lose some to the transfer portal. They only got 10. So I'm really curious how they're going to, handle that and what positions may, you know, I don't want to say suffer, but lose some reps or lose the quality of work they're looking at as a result. You know, the one thing I, I, I neglected to say this yesterday when I was talking with Ian Boyd about, a, you know, the six things to watch for spring practice that the video that we put out uh, yesterday, one of the things I neglected to say, and this is Xavier Worthy's first full spring. You know, Correct. and and we have he had a phenomenal freshman year. Don't nobody doubts that. Um, but even so, he hasn't had that full year of experience of college experience. I'm interested to see how he plays this year. A guy like Bijan Robinson, he had a great year last year after being in the system a couple uh, a year. You know what I mean? He came on as a sophomore. I'm interested. I mean, a lot. Everybody's pointing to Xavier Worthy, but you know, don't. Don't be surprised if there's a sophomore slump somewhere in there. Um, I don't think there will be. I'm not predicting one, but just don't be surprised if there is because he's got to pick it up a notch too. I mean, these guys can't can't float by and just uh, and you know. Not, I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he needs to to be uh, on the straight and narrow as well. Uh, Isaiah Nayor is big as well. We've talked about that uh, a lot at, at Inside Texas. Joe, the, the thing that uh, we want, I want to ask you, they're going to go, my, my understanding is they go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, all spring? Correct. And, Correct. And yeah, after spring break, now, now that that's, there's no interruption, it's just going to be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, all the way up to, I guess, April 23rd. I think that's the date. And you said historically Texas under Sarkeesian has been a morning practice team, right? Correct. That's what they were in fall. Uh, if you remember last year, it was still – tail end of kind of the the COVID restrictions so we didn't get to see a whole lot uh but I'm I bet they've, they've been they've been decently open we'll, we'll, they have periods to where we can view the team get a good look at 
who's out there, you know, spots are in, et cetera, but we haven't been getting full practices, but you know, you, you can only take what you, you take what you can get. And uh, what we've gotten under Starkeesian has been pretty good media access. Gotcha. Well, Joe, we're definitely going to be checking back in with you often and please uh, everybody uh, that uh, is interested, take a look at Joe's work on InsideTexas.com. Uh, thanks for joining us, Joe. Uh, for Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.